Hi folks, welcome back to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. This week, we're talking about major choice. It feels like an almost impossible decision to make sometimes. Sometimes we force ourselves into making particular decisions. We're going to unpack this topic so that you understand what is super important in this decision and what's really up to you and how your major choice can really transform your preparation experience for a career in the health professions. So thank you again for joining us this week on the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. Hi, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all pre-health students on their journeys to acceptance. I am this week's host, John Moses Bronson. I am joined in the studio this week by my colleague, Dr. Beth Johnson, who I'll introduce in a little bit. But I wanted to provide some context behind this week's episode. This week, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about major choice. It's something that a lot of students put a lot of emphasis on. And we want to give some information on how schools actually look at this as a part of the admissions process. What is the implication to your major choice, right? And for most students, they really love the idea of doing pre-medicine. If you're going to do medicine, or we also have a lot of dental students or PA students that choose to want to do this, right? It's not the right choice for everybody but it sounds like the most right on its surface. So here's what we know from admissions officers. One, they don't actually care very much what your major was. What they do care about is how you've done in the prerequisite courses, right? In an effort to try and make sure that they're being as equitable as possible, these prerequisite courses are the universals that every single one of their applicants will be coming in with. So they do place a pretty big emphasis on how you're performing because as much as they're trying to control for every single variable possible, this is something that they're trying to make as one-to-one in terms of comparison across all of their applicants as possible. Now, that is not to say that the choice of your major is unimportant. The choice of your major gives you different skills, and it depends on what sorts of skills you'd like to have when you hit this finish line and start that next starting line. And so that's what makes major choice such a fun topic. But if you're worried that one major over another is going to make you more or less competitive, the numbers do not suggest that. There's some slight percentage differences with certain majors, but there's also weird selection biases. There's exceptionalism biases. So it's a lot more complex than just saying, well, this percentage of students gets in. We're not controlling for performance, we're not controlling for exceptionality, and we're not controlling for all of the other wonderful things that our students do in their preparations. So your major choice should be very personal and it should reflect a few very important things. One, it should be something that you're really excited and passionate about. If you're excited and passionate about a couple things, trying to get as close as you can to those couple things as possible is great. If you have a very specific passion, that's wonderful too. There are homes for you in many different academic pathways, but as long as it reflects a passion and love of yours, it makes it a good choice. Additionally, you should also find something that's challenging for you. It doesn't have to just be 
academically challenging, although that is certainly wonderful and ideal. If something's personally challenging to you, that also makes it a wonderful uh, option. So you want to take that into consideration. And lastly, like I said before, think about what skills you want to have. Who is the professional that you are hoping to be in the future? And what sorts of majors and academic preparation can provide you with those sorts of skills? So now that we sort of laid the foundation, I'm really excited to welcome my colleague and my friend, Dr. Beth Johnson. Beth, can you start by just introducing us to who the very cool, wonderful Dr. Johnson is? <laughs> thanks, John. Hi, everyone. Uh, and thanks, John, for having me today. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been at Penn State for about seven years now, um, working with undergraduate students in the Eberly College of Science. Um, my own bachelor's training is in biology. I went to a small liberal arts college, and then I came to Penn State where I earned my PhD in entomology, which is, if you didn't know, John, uh, the study of bugs. And I really enjoyed studying insects. Um, my dissertation actually led me down a research journey where I studied parasitic plants um, for my, for my uh, doctoral thesis, and that was really enjoyable. Um, I graduated from Penn State and wanted to teach undergraduate students in the life sciences. So I did that for a few years, and then I found my way to the world of academic advising, where I now work alongside you, um, helping yeah. students. And uh, I last year, I actually was able to have the opportunity to become the professor in charge for the science major, mm -hmm. which we'll be talking about today. Yeah, so I specifically... in wanted to have this conversation with you because in a world where there's a thousand options, know what most of them are. And I feel like most of the pathways to science are sort of like, it, it's a process of elimination of other things. And I think a story that you told me recently about getting to talk to a prospective student about all of the wonderful things in science I'd love to see this major become a destination major as opposed to a pit stop major, which I don't believe it is, but that's not how students treat it. I think it's a wonderful fit, but I want it to be something that can be an attractive aspect or option for students because we don't see this sort of major very often at other places. It's sort of this interesting relic of Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, John. So the science major um, is interdisciplinary. But I feel that it's kind of hidden in our mm -hmm. college. You know, you're earning a Bachelor of Science degree from the Eberly College of Science, and the major is called science. <laughs> it's a lot of so science. It's a lot of science. And it's a little hard to wrap your head around, well, what is this major? Um, and one of my favorite things about the major is that it's intended to be cross-disciplinary. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a student will, will come into this major They'll take foundational courses across the different scientific disciplines. Mm -hmm. So we have um, introduction, sort of introductory level biology, mm -hmm. uh, general chemistry. We've got calculus. We've got statistics, physics. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, students can uh, sort of mix and match different courses based on their own scientific interests. Yeah. The foundation is very similar to like a biology or a pre-medicine. It's very similar to a lot of the foundations of a BBH even in the College of Human Health and Human Development. There's some foundations that make it a nice playground 
for a wide variety of science students. And so that on its own feels like very nebulous. But what I like about our science major is that there's different like pathways that you can choose. So can you give us like some insight into like what those different pathways are, what they look like and who's a good fit for them? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, John. So the science major has three options or I like to kind of think of those as tracks within mm-hmm. the major. Yeah. Um, and so the first option is called the general science option. <laughs> and it truly is, you know, the most flexible out of all three. Um, and it enables you to build a strong foundation of scientific training across whatever disciplinary area you uh, choose to study. Yeah. So, you know, students who pursue the general option go into a, a bunch of different uh, career paths, you know, I've, I've actually been looking at sort of our student pathways after graduation, and they hold job titles such as research coordinator or consulting mm-hmm. or quality assurance chemistry. Uh, they work in home health or might be doing uh, research analysis, sales, manufacturing, the list goes on. It truly trains you for a broad different, uh, different areas, career paths. Yeah, I love the general option because it is, it's a build to fit sort of option if at some other schools like specifically temple has what they call their custom design major this is like a custom design with a science emphasis right this in the students that i work with i find that this is a particularly good fit for students who have super broad interests or students that have obscenely specific interests mm-hmm. because you can you can manipulate the the major and its requirements to do either yeah, you really can. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> uh, the second option that I'll talk about today is called Legal Studies, Government Service, Public Policy. Mm-hmm. So this track within the science major, uh, it's it's so broad. It can yeah. enable, you can take courses um, that are in law, on legal systems, policy, political science, ethics, current issues, communication, professional development. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list just kind of goes on. So you can select courses from our department list to help you sort of tailor your degree in these, uh, in whatever interest area you're, you'd like to emphasize. Yeah, this this is like one of my favorite Op. This is okay. I know I'm a pre-health person, right? <laughs> and I am like prepping people for the health professions. This is my favorite option, yeah, of the science major, because we ignore the intersection of science in these disciplines all of the time. And by the time this episode comes out, we will have already released the episode with Dr. Meckel um, from Bioethics Medical mm. Humanities, yeah. And in it, she talks about. a really cool intersection of these interests. She partnered with a professor, and for those of our listeners who haven't heard this story, Dr. Meckel is the Associate Director of the Bioethics Medical Humanities Department and Program. Um, She partnered with someone on campus from the Astronomy and Astrophysics Department who is doing search for extraterrestrial intelligence. That's like part of their research here at Penn State, which, spoiler alert, I did not know that we were doing that sort of research <laughs> here, uh, which is so cool. It's so cool. Because uh, in my class, I teach about SETI, which is like the national study or search for extraterrestrial intelligence and how they partnered together. And I had never even thought of this particular type of combo, but they talked about an ethical approach to how we might engage with extraterrestrial intelligence. Because up to this point, we've taken a very colonial view of extraterrestrial intelligence 
in that we've compared what we think is out there to what we understand as intelligence based on how we have constructed that idea as a species. Hmm. And so they came up with like nine sort of like guiding principles for an ethical way of approaching life out there. Like what a, like I usually just thought of this as like, oh, if you wanted to advocate for sciences at the government level, which, which that's a can. wonderful option. Absolutely. For this. We actually have students working in local government. Exactly. Who, who made, uh, majored in this. And so. that's what, that's a wonderful application of this. But much like how the the general science option is like really wide based and like what you can do with it. I'm like, this is just another way of looking at the intersection of these seemingly disparate disciplines in a different way. I think it's such a cool combination and it's, it saddens me how critically underutilized this option is because it's so cool. Oh, I know. I, I love that you can just sort of mix and match and, and build it to your own interests and skill sets um, mm-hmm. and really, you know, carve your path forward for your future career. Yeah. So. This is like the renaissance option yeah. of like the people who like to be good at everything. I feel like if Ben Franklin or like Leonardo da Vinci were alive today, like this would 100% be the major that they would pick. Totally. Because they could do everything, and they did everything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, John? Should we introduce the third option? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's the one that would probably be most relevant to the most widest population of, of the students who listen, although I think you could do any of the options and be really happy. I think so, too. Well, the third option of the science major, as John just mentioned, we thought might be of interest to a lot of our listeners today, <laughs> um, is called the Biological Sciences and Health Professions Option. Sometimes we like to use the acronym for BSHP or BISHOP, as we call it. So if you hear any of us over in the Science Advising Center talking about the BISHOP option, mm-hmm. we're talking specifically about this science majors, biological science, and health professions option. That's a lot less syllables. I know. Bishop. It's cool. <laughs> it's very snappy. <laughs> two syllables as opposed to all the bajillions of others. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just like the other two options that we just talked about, um, the bishop option of the science major, you still take that core foundation of science courses, biology, general chemistry, physics, calculus, statistics. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, you have opportunities to build in additional coursework in healthcare, medicine, and ethics, which Mm -hmm. goes back to your point earlier with interviewing Dr. Meckel. Yeah. This is a a really wonderful intersection of a lot of the things that are really important in healthcare today, right? It's wonderful to be talented in the sciences, and we certainly need professionals that are super exceptionally talented there. But if it's just about the sciences, our schools would look very different. Our mm-hmm. PA schools would look very different. Our dental schools would look very different. And we know it's more than just the sciences. And you can get the sciences very easily. It's all built in super nicely in this in this particular option. But there's ways to create these new sort of like veins of skills that mm-hmm. make you suck. Like, this major is interdisciplinary by nature. This is helping you look at healthcare as an interdisciplinary mm-hmm. field. And so often we think of it as just science. Yeah. Yeah. Real opportunity to grow your own uh, competencies in, mm-hmm. in these uh, other areas that are so important. Not only the understanding of hard science, but also working with people and yeah. having tough decisions and communicating with your team and all these other areas that are so critical. There's so many ways to specialize this degree. I've had students that did like um, 
an intellectual disabilities focus. So they took a lot of rehabilitation and, and human studies courses, communication sciences and disorders, which is a wonderful, like that's so cool and very specific to, to students. I've had students do a women's health focus. Mm-hmm. I've had students do psychology focuses, mm-hmm. right? So many of our students really are attached to the idea of psychiatry. It seems so narrow, right? This is health professions focused. But even within what is seemingly a narrow focus, there's just, to me, a seemingly infinite number of ways to pursue your own individual passions in this. And it's so drawn, it's so driven by your individual passion. It's a, it's a cool, cool, cool option. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at, you know, what are some of the different pathways that students take who, you know, pursue this, this option, the Bishop option, mm-hmm. you know, and, and certainly some of our students, you know, graduate from Penn State and they go right to their health professional school of choice. Maybe yeah. that's medical school, dental school, pharmacy. Um, but we also have students pursue this major who want to sort of use their training from their undergraduate degree um, as a stepping stone leading to sort of a first stop career before mm-hmm. maybe they're interested in yeah. going to professional school. So, you know, we've got students who, who are, you know, now working as healthcare consultants or mm-hmm. pharmacy technicians, um, pharmaceutical manufacturing industry. Um, some of them are working as veterinary assistants or patient care technicians, clinical research coordinators, medical scribes. Um, so it's just um, such a great, there you go. <laughs> it's just a great option for, for not only professional school right away, but maybe mm-hmm. even a career path, you know, leading eventually to professional school or just getting out there into the workforce. Yeah, I have a, a student who's graduating this semester and we just had sort of like their hey, I'm leaving, thanks for everything meeting, (laughs) which, hey, for any of those listeners, if you haven't had a, hey, thanks for everything meeting with your advisor, you should totally do that. We We love love that. We love that, Jinx. We love that so much. It makes my heart sore, and I love getting to hear what's next. She had always talked about wanting to, and and we use she, her pronouns as a default when we're talking about students to protect uh, their identity. Uh, She had always been on, like, a PA school track, and she said, you know, I've been doing a lot of shadowing and I've been visiting schools and it's just not feeling right to me right now. And so she has, she's now like negotiating three different offers from three different healthcare recruiting companies. And she's like, I didn't even think that I could make this amount of money until like I was in my field and I'm, and this is like what I'm going to be able to make right out of college. And Mm. it shouldn't be like about what you're make. But she's like, this is an area that I'm interested in. I just get to use different skills, right? Because she's like, I'm using this teamwork and interpersonal communication class that I took, which is part of the degree requirements. And she's like, I used, I lifted specific concepts and ideas and used those in my interviews. This was so useful to me. That's awesome. It was awesome. We love love those meetings. I know. We love hearing (laughs) student success. Yeah, because you just had a meeting with one of your students today. Earlier today, yeah. Yeah, what is she doing? Yeah, so, um, you know, after Penn State, she was she was looking to go to medical school, realized that she still has some hurdles ahead of her, mm-hmm. but she's going to pivot. And um, she was just offered a postgraduate research position at Yale. So she's going to oh. be, I know, I know, <laughs> she's going to be working with, <laughs> with a researcher there. Um, and this will just open up so many different, uh, she'll build new skill sets, yeah. potentially open up new 
new career opportunities, or maybe maybe it'll help set her up quite well for medical school in the future. We'll yeah, see. To be determined. <laughs> I have a lot of students with like similar pathways to that, and it has helped set them up for some really nice cycles. Yeah, so that's awesome. You know, I, I'm a huge proponent of like living that adult life for a while. It's, yeah. Why yeah. not pursue something that's going to give you those skills that Absolutely. you can't apply? Absolutely. There's so much translational in this major. It's not just that you're taking science classes and some of these other things. Because it's interdisciplinary, you're constantly thinking about how these different things merge together. And a lot of our, a, a lot of the other grads that I work with really see their work in a vacuum mm. and in a silo. And what I love about our science students is that they really think about how things exist across. Across, yeah, for sure. That's one of the issues that I wanted to bring up because, you know, from the name of the major, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily readily clear to employers. Well, what, you know, what kind of training do you have? You know, mm-hmm. if you're a science major, what does that mean? Um, and so one thing I often coach students to do is, you know, you can address that potential concern. Maybe it's not a real concern, but, you know, you yeah. can sort of, um, pr- you know, what is it? Nip it in the bud, so to say, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on your resume and describe your experiences and curricular training um, just by having a section in your resume, highlighting the courses that you've taken mm-hmm. to sort of showcase these different um, little pockets of, of training that you've built into this degree because it's so flexible. Yeah, especially in your early career, like a lot of students are like, I'm never going to get a job. I don't have any work experience. Mm-hmm. Your education is your sword and shield at this point because your education is so fresh right even if you're going into a science field you got to remember that like biology changes all the time (laughs) life like bio 110 today looks worlds apart from what it looked like 10 years ago yeah we're discovering new things ever since that's right yeah and so because of that like let your coursework be your sword and shield in the application process you can lean upon what you've learned your skill sets differ from other science majors. Let those skills and that interdisciplinary stuff like allow you to attack and defend yourselves against <laughs> BS and propel you to wonderful opportunities. <laughs> hey, John, so let's let's dig a little bit deeper into this bishop option. Mm-hmm. And you're the expert here because I am not a health professions advisor, but I know the science major curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I often see with students is you know, they they are particularly interested in the bishop option, although we did talk about how the other two options mm-hmm. could be quite nice for health professions uh, career path. Yep. But going back to bishop, you know, you've got these core courses in biology, general chemistry. Bishop actually has organic chemistry built mm-hmm. right in. We've got physics. Um, you know, for your biology, you can specifically choose cell and molecular biology. Mm-hmm. You can choose physiology. And so some of these subjects are starting to sound like to me what would be prerequisites for mm-hmm. admission to, I'm going to say medical school, but dental school, physician school. Assistant, yeah. assistant. So, um, and so, you know, plus there's enough wiggle room within this degree mm-hmm. that you can also add in the other prerequisites for admissions. Mm-hmm. So there's room to add in psychology and sociology. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can take those as your general education yeah. courses. Um, you can you can choose to take biochemistry. That's super important for preparation for the MCAT. 
And um, for dental school. Dental school. You will be struggle busing if you don't have biochem. <laughs> bio I know. You know, for our PA, stu- uh, PA bound students, you know, they can build in courses like medical terminology yeah. or microbiology or genetics. So that's, that's one of the things that I love that this option of this particular major, you can really tailor it with, if you're, if you're preparing early, talking with your health professions advisor early, you can help design it for your own future career path. The science major is a really lovely option for PA school students in particular. And the reason for that is that, you know, we've talked about this in in other episodes of the podcast. PA school admissions is sort of the wild, wild west of the health professions. It's all like wild and wonderful and different. Two schools that are in the same city can have completely different prereqs. Hmm. That's frustrating. It is very frustrating. (laughs) But what it means is that the students who pursue it, if they're intentional with their school list, can custom design their pathway Mm -hmm. to match all of the schools that they're going for and not have to take additional courses that perhaps they don't want to or that don't help them in any measurable way to those programs. And they can reallocate the time and character uh, characters credits (laughs) uh, to classes that they really want to take instead of taking a second organic chemistry. If you don't need that, take human pathophysiology, take histology, learn about those microstructures that you're going to be working very closely in as a future healthcare provider. You get to have that level of choice. Yeah. And a lot of students sort of feel like there's one particular pathway at Penn State that's like best suited for PA. And it's, you know, there's many majors in the College of Health and Human Development. There's major, many majors in the College of Science. The science majors are really great home for them, too. And I, I hope that a lot of our students really consider it because of its customizability. And it's all built in to degree requirements. You're not operating outside of base requirements. You're not having to squeeze extra stuff in. Nope. It's all just there. And speaking of that, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because one thing I wanted to mention that with the flexible nature of the science major, a lot of our students find it is so incredibly easy to work in the requirements of a minor, Mm -hmm. a bunch of different kinds of minors, um, nestle that right into your major requirements so that it doesn't actually take additional time um, or, you know, coursework beyond what you were, would be planning to take. If you are selectively choosing the right courses, you can build in the requirements for a minor within the science major. So I know you talked earlier about the bioethics minor, but some of the other minors that we've seen sort of health profession students pairing the science major bishop option with a minor, um, some of those minors would be like the rehabilitation and human services minor, mm-hmm. the global health minor, the yeah. health policy and administration minor, mm-hmm. kinesiology, nutrition, psychology, women's studies, bioethics, and medical humanities, which we talked about earlier, neuroscience. I mean, I could keep going on, John. <laughs> I have a lot of students. It's a newer minor, the child maltreatment oh, and yeah, advocacy that's a good studies. One. That's been very popular recently. Yeah. Any of my students that have any interest in um, pediatrics or OB-GYN, I'm like, this is a really great place for you to sort of like build skill sets out in mm-hmm. because this is like, this is your population. These are the people that you're looking to serve directly. Mm-hmm. It's good to know about the challenges that exist for them outside just the scope of your clinic. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So you brought up this concept of minor 
And so I want to sort of like lay a little bit of foundation before we sort of go down there. So one, in terms of admissions, minors are not a plus category, right? So they're not going to give you bonus points for, because of the existence of one. It's not, you, you won't look more or less impressive. That on its surface sounds like getting a minor is not important. It absolutely can be important for students. The reasons that you should select a minor, and this is not just for the health professions, I think that this is universal advice, yeah. is because you're super passionate about this other area and you want that passion codified into something that's like recorded in some way, mm -hmm. right? I think that that's a great usage of it. Um, you know, there's so, there's so many different options to choose from. The value of a minor is what the, the new skill sets or the personal fulfillment and value that you've gotten from it. And that's what's important in the minor. It's less about what it says on that piece of paper in terms of admissions and more how it has transformed you as an academic or as a person or as a future professional. Yeah, you build new skill sets with a minor. Exactly. Yep. And it helps you to transform your mind and the way that you understand the world. Mm -hmm. Right? It's why the, you know, the diversity and social justice minor exists. It's a wonderful option for so many students because, you know, sure it's going to give you some skill sets, but more importantly than that, it's going to transform your way of thinking into a more nuanced understanding of the world. Right? So I know you run a minor. I do, yeah. And I think it's a very underutilized minor. To you know, when I was advising, like there, I didn't. There had very little <laughs> natural science minors. So, can you talk about what it is and who it might be a really good fit for? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, so I'm the program head for the natural science minor. And this is a minor run out of the Everly College of Science, mm -hmm. and it's actually intended for non-science students. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a major within the Everly College of Science, you cannot pursue the natural science minor. This minor is actually intended for students who are studying other disciplines and other areas, but who might be looking to get some additional um, exposure to, um, you know, grow their knowledge base of foundational science concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking about it, and again, we're, we're talking about it today for our health professions audience, because maybe you, maybe you're happy with your, the minor, or sorry, the major that you are studying yeah. in your other academic home, and you love that, but you have now realized, oh my gosh, I'm taking so many science courses as prerequisites for my health professional career path of choice. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you might not take a look at the natural science minor. Yeah. So the minor has um, 20 to 23 credits of coursework that spread across the biological, uh, physical, quantitative science disciplines, and you complete six credits at the 400 level. So it's a great way for you to be getting that solid foundation science exposure, you know, build your skill sets, build your, build your competencies, but then go deeper at the 400 level and really showcase um, your skills, you know, get those a letter grades, um, and and it's going to prepare you for the the admissions um, exams as well. So, what is difficult sometimes for students outside of the College of Science is to make time for those upper level, yeah. those four hundred level sciences, and they make a huge difference. Performance in upper level science courses does have a greater impact on the evaluation of your academic background in an admissions review. Mm -hmm. And so this is an area where you can do something about it. 
if you're a science major, so much 400 level is cooked it's into built it. Right in, it's yeah. built right in. It's built right in, right? If you're a bio major, it's built in. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case if you're an economics major, right? Right. But you still want to have demonstrated your capacity to be exceptional in those 400 level courses. And this is a good way to sort of like build it in, be getting credit for it, and have it be contributing to something meaningful for you. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool. It is a great tool. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, as John mentioned, I, I too think it's sort of an underutilized <laughs> minor um, at Penn State, but we wanted to raise awareness of both the science major and the natural science minor. And uh, yeah, what, what else, John? So, you know, I know that like pre-health is not necessarily your uh, it's not your 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 greatest wheelhouse. Nope, I'm not the expert. You are. <laughs> That's why we're here. Um, but what sorts of advice would you be would you want to give to students who are doing this major exploration process and might you know maybe they thought the science major was interesting, mm-hmm. but they're not sure about what to do next. Yeah. What, what might you encourage them to do? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the science major uh, or the natural science minor is actually so flexible that you'll see that the courses um, are applicable across lots of different majors and minors, mm-hmm. not only within the Everly College of Science, but across Penn State, um, you know, other colleges here at University Park or other uh, majors offered at some of the campuses. Yeah. And um, so I would say to someone who's considering it, just start by trying to take some science courses. Take courses at the level that are designed for majors. Um, see what you like. See how you do. You know, think about whether or not you enjoy them. Are you are you performing well in them? You know, is your preparation uh, strong enough that you're you're set up for success? Or do you need to kind of brush up on some foundational level concepts before you you take uh, steps towards the next level? Um, so I would say start there. And if you enjoy it, that's a good sign, mm-hmm. you know, and if you if you're not so sure, well, it's OK to take a couple different types of courses and see where your heart lies, because that yeah. is so important. Yeah, You have to love what you study. <laughs> One of the things that I see as like a big bifurcator with our students who do well in the sciences and, and the ones that sort of struggle is some, the study of science is cumulative in that you're always using things that you've previously learned and not casually. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's a lot of like vertical integrations, right? And sometimes there'll be prereqs for in other majors and disciplines. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, well, we want you to have like six credits of anything at this level. There's not sp- specific concepts. It's more general skills that are being asked for, like critical analysis. Mm-hmm. Like I was a business major and we had prereqs, but it was basically... Like part of it was to just control who was taking courses and mm, when. Yeah. But other times it was like, well, we want you to be able to critically analyze things. And you'll learn that in like pretty much all of the courses at this level. That's not the same in the sciences. No. You're, you are lifting specific concepts from one class to the next and you're building upon it. Yeah. You're going deeper. It's getting harder. It's getting more nuanced. It's and really a hierarchy. It is know? very yeah. much a hierarchy. Yeah. Except, like, I feel like the further you go, the, like, smaller and more complicated it gets. Yeah, yeah. Your your discipline kind of narrows and you zoom in yes. really deep on one particular area. Anybody who does research will know that for sure. <laughs> and that's a hard – it's not easy for everybody to learn and to, to be able to utilize information in that way. Nor does everybody enjoy that, and that's okay. Nor It does not need to be your skill set. Yeah. 
if you want to go into the health professions, it might need to be your skill set. Yeah. Because you're going to be utilizing everything that you learn. And if you can't do that vertical integration of content, it, it will make things difficult. It doesn't mean that if you struggle that it's not the path for you, right? Sometimes our students that come into the science major have struggled elsewhere, but they figure it out in the science major and they flourish. Mm -hmm. I had wonderful students that really struggled in other academic areas come into science and really find their own path. And some of them have gone on to health profession school. They just weren't in the right environment, right? The science major allows more custom design. Mm -hmm. It also allows a lot more custom pacing. Mm -hmm. That's true, for sure. For students that need to go at things at their own pace and a bit slower, my goodness, is the science major a good option? Yep. It really allows you to like pump the brakes when you need to, rev that engine when you need to. It's it's a great option for a, a broader selection of students than our more traditional STEM majors. And again, it doesn't make you a bad fit. It just means that you have to look at things differently. It might also draw, uh, sort of drive you to different types of curriculum when you're looking at your health professional school, right? Schools that integrate um, things differently and help you apply it in multiple disciplines at the same time, instead of asking you to recall things later on, <laughs> maybe that's the right curriculum for you. Absolutely. Right? A lot of medical schools in particular do this. They do what's called a systems-based approach, but it, it teaches you a concept, but then it, how it gets applied in every single way that it's applicable, all concurrently. So you see how things apply at a molecular, cellular, tissue, organ, system, body level mm -hmm. within looking at specific like body systems. So like you'll have like a neurological block, right? But you'll learn all of the ways that all of these different things impact all of those different systems at all of those different levels. The science major helps you kind of like learn to like integrate things across your discipline. Absolutely. In a really like, I don't want to say intentional way, but kind of intentional yeah, way. It's customizable for sure. Right. And a lot of schools that do like case-based learning or student-driven learning, our science majors tend to find like some pretty good synergy with those sorts of programs. That's uh, That has at least been my observation, right? Yeah. Like schools don't give us grades so i can't like give you any, like <laughs> statistics on how well they do but anecdotally our students from, who come from science major find really great success and love in those sorts of programs yeah and they're they're getting admissions offers they're absolutely you know viewed as yeah. as bringing something unique to the table so. yeah uh statistically our students in the science disciplines are getting offers at the same level or slightly higher than bio majors wow impressive so they're yeah you know it's not like you're taking like a road that's going to make admissions more difficult for you nope it's just a different path and you know hopefully like we're our job as advisors to help you understand how that translates mm -hmm. because it is difficult and we don't expect it to be easy um because like when do we train you to do that <laughs> we don't we train you to write lab reports <laughs> um so that's like part of our work so, you know, sort of our, our last sort of closing thing is how can students get in touch with you? 
Yeah, sure. If they want to talk about this, they're like, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Let's get on this. How do they reach out to Beth Johnson? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, you can find information on the science major on the Everly College of Science website. Mm -hmm. We're under interdisciplinary programs. Um, You could also look on the Penn State Bulletin to Mm -hmm. find all the major requirements. Um, And my contact info is listed there, but it's, uh, you can email me at BAI107 at PSU.edu. Happy to answer questions. Thanks so much for having me today, John. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure (laughs) having you. You know, we've been friends for a long time. I love it. Many years, (laughs) many, many moons. Um, And it has been, you know, we were not always in the same area. I used to be in engineering, went over to forensic science, and then made my way to pre-health. And it has been so cool to see the transformation of this major. You know, I, I feel like it's intentional sort of its original usage was as sort of like a catch major to really help students graduate. Mm-hmm. And certainly it can be used that way. But I feel like there's been such a culture shift around how we treat this major as it being a destination major of like, this is a wonderful place to study. And our students are really seeing that. Yeah. I've enjoyed um, seeing examples of that over the years, mm-hmm. as you have too. You yeah. know, you're you're an academic advisor for this major, yeah. um, and it's been exciting to watch this, as you said, become a destination major. Yeah. You know, you come in, you you know that this is one of the majors that you could choose from, and you know, for our students who who jump on this major mm-hmm. early in their career, they have the they have time on their side that they can yeah. really design their path forward based on their own interests and skill sets. Yeah, I have a. Uh... So I advise a pair of twins and throughout high school and throughout their first year when they were in different majors, they took identical classes at the at identical times with identical teachers. And when they moved into the science major, they went in different pathways. Interesting. And they really got to like go down their own roads. Yeah. And I think it's one of the best things that I think that they possibly could have done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they know that. I've tried to like suggest that. But like it put them on different pathways and now they both got accepted to dental school, completely different dental schools with different missions, different types of students that they're focusing on bringing in. But it's because this major like forced them to really interrogate their own personal interests yeah. and passions. And that's incredible. Yeah. They got to be, they got to find them themselves in this like custom space. Yeah. You can have two science majors, mm-hmm. but have very different looking transcripts and yeah. skill sets and experiences. And you can really showcase yourself mm-hmm. as a unique applicant for whatever you want to do moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. You get to show who you are as a scientist in a really nuanced, detailed way. And how cool is that? It's so cool. I love this major because, like I said, I've worked in engineering. Tons of cool stuff happening over there. Absolutely. I've worked in forensic science. Those people are bonkers. That discipline is wild. Wild. It's so hard. And, like, those students are so crazy in, like, a wonderful way. I've never enjoyed working with students as much as the science majors. They're just really cool. It's good to hear. You know, and I love my pre-meds. Please don't let me – don't let this podcast and having you think I don't love you – I love my pre-medicine majors, but the science majors are so diverse. They are so geared towards making this work for them and not working to fit something else. Yeah. 
There's no checkbox. It's mm-hmm. you, you, you craft your own path. Yeah. Love it. I love, 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 love it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, right. John. We could go on talking forever about how much we love our students and all the cool things that we do, but we do have to end this. So the big takeaways this week, folks, make sure that when you're making your decisions that you are making them for you. If you want to do something really crazy off the wall and different, that's great. Come work with us and we'll help you make it work. If you want to be able to design something on your own and take the reins on your education and the types of skills that you're developing, you could find a really wonderful home in a science major or in the natural sciences minor. And please talk to the science, anybody in the Science Advising Center. We would love to have a chat about these things. But thank you so much for listening to this conversation about majors, about options, about opportunities. If you're not a Penn Stater, there are similar programs, but not necessarily science-specific at other you know, colleges and universities. This is a bit of an interesting, unique aspect of Penn State. But there are custom design majors at other institutions, and you can look at those as sort of proxies for this type of program. There's wonderful opportunities out there, so please take advantage of them. So that's all we have for this week. We're going to sign off now, and thank you so much for joining us this week on the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. The Penn State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office in the Eberly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only, and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for this purpose of better serving pre-health students across our university system.